Now, you guys, episode 12 of the Football Frame of Mind podcast. Uh, we continue our breakdown of the NFL preseason, and we're going to continue our breakdown of the AFC conference. And we're going to start today by breaking down the AFC West. Uh, great, great conference. I mean, great division. Great conference anyway, but great division. Uh, I think probably one of the less competitive ones, um, just in terms of we know what to expect from the team at the top. Mm-hmm. But uh, but like I said, man, there's some interesting storylines to go over in this division uh, that you know could you know change the course of this season. But uh, but like I said, we start off all our show by talking about the division champion and the division champion, no surprise was the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, they would go on to uh, win the super bowl uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, pretty good game, honestly, uh, except for mm-hmm. the turf and stuff. But, uh, but other than that, it was really good, man. Uh, Mahomes showed his grit, true toughness, uh, getting through that, that leg injury. So uh, like I said, I think this starts uh, Mahomes, um, his path to uh, being the GOAT, man. Like I said, uh, for the younger generation, he might be, you know, the their greatest quarterback they've ever seen. But for us, we saw Peyton Manning and Tom Brady play. So we know what greatness looks like for us. And I don't think he's there yet, but mm-hmm. I think this season uh, could be a big step in uh his goal conversation Agreed. <laughs> I, 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 was I was like uh hello <laughs> but yeah uh, i would agree with that and i think it could begin the era of other guys competing with him kind of like how peyton and brady and all those guys used to compete like 10 20 years ago too because there's a lot of other really good young quarterbacks and there's about another good one or two in this division that we're going to talk about as well that will compete with him on a two-time-a-year basis. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Like I said, I can't talk about the Chiefs without Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid is uh, uh, starting to become um, in that GOAT conversation, man. I mean, we we, we talk about uh, Bill Belichick and winning uh, so much. Uh, but I I could make an argument for Andy Reid as well, um, because uh, he's he's taken two franchises to the Super Bowl. Um, that's something that Bill Belichick didn't do. He didn't get a chance to take uh Cleveland to the Super Bowl. Although I thought he was close. I thought he was close. Oh yeah, he definitely had something special before he they pulled was, the plug on him. He was close, most definitely. Um, but. Like I said, uh, Andy Reid is uh, definitely going into that GOAT conversation, man. But one thing that I do like is the fact that he's taking different quarterbacks and being able to win with them. I think that's the mm-hmm. that's the thing that um, Bill Belichick has to, has to do to distance himself from uh, Andy Reid in a sense because Andy Reid is winning – you know, consistently, you know what I'm saying? And we've hit a bit of a rush patch with Belichick. And I think the gap is closing, you know what I'm saying? I think another 
championship, you have to start talking about Andy Reid being in that GOAT conversation. It's just I would agree. It's just hard for me not to not to do that, judging off of you know him taking two teams to the Super Bowl, winning with different quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying? And you know, that's just it's hard for me. And he has the wins too. Like he has a lot of wins, like a whole lot. So so like I said, I think uh I think we gotta talk about him too, um this season, like what it means for his legacy. But we know that the Chiefs are the gatekeepers for the AFC West, and I think the mm-hmm. AFC as a whole, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, but Cincinnati's on their cocktails, though, for sure. They're just not there yet. They are, man, but I don't know, man. I just I just don't know because they have all the weapons to beat the Chiefs, man. They have offense and defense, and they got a pretty mm-hmm. good kicker, too. So we don't talk about the kickers enough, but uh, they have one. And it's just like, man, they they beat them, you know, last few times in the playoffs or whatever. Mm -hmm. In the regular season, they do beat them pretty convincingly sometimes. But, like, outside of that, like, they have to go through everybody else first before they take on the Chiefs, you know what I'm saying? And they did. Uh, that's fair enough. They did beat them to go to the Super Bowl, like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they went but, to the end Right. So my thing is, it's been a few years since that happened, and the Chiefs have gotten better with less than they had at that time because they had Tyreek Hill at the time. And now they got other weapons. They Got the steal of the year and uh, Kadarius Tony, so just imagine what they're gonna do with him now that he's kind of, you know, shedded the the cancerous locker room that you know he he's uh, carried with him. So I think he's gonna be a weapon, as we saw in the Super Bowl. Like he just came out of nowhere. It's like, all right, y'all stop everything else, but y'all not ready for him. And so yeah. then, like I said, they have a host of running backs on the Chiefs. Man, just. Like just all over the place. Like it's just when I look at the 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 Bengals and them going head to head in a uh, championship game, I just don't think they have enough now. Like mm. I just I don't I don't know. Like Joe Burrow's great, man, but when you talk about Mahomes, man, he just makes the plays that you need to make. He doesn't make many mistakes. Especially yeah, I don't agree. Especially but I will. But if we just if we're just being completely honest, there were some very questionable things that happened in that AFC game last year in the playoffs that would have led to Cincinnati going back to back to the Super Bowl. And that's not discrediting Kansas City. Hey, they came to play. They beat the best team in the NFC. But I think Cincinnati's a lot closer than what people want to act like. I mean, I, look, man, like I said, I give credit when it's due, man. They have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of weapons, man, to really go toe-to-toe with them, man. But it's just like as we move further along, man, like what what's going to change about the Chiefs? Like they're still going to have Mahomes, and they're still going to be able to win. Like he's literally starting to win, which is, which is why I think – He's inserting himself into the GOAT conversation because now mm-hmm. he's winning with guys that weren't there from the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. like they're starting to plug and pick pieces away and add little guys in there that can contribute. 
You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, like I said, I just think like once you win with the when a superstar talent leaves, I think that's when you insert yourself into the GOAT conversation, man, when everything changes around you. But you are the main piece that makes it, the drink work, you know. So, mm -hmm. like I said, man, but like I said, the Bengals, like we'll get into more Bengals football <laughs> later on. But uh, but Chiefs most definitely are the gatekeepers of this uh, division. But um, like I said, we move on to the Chargers, who finished second last year, uh, playoff mm -hmm. team. Obviously, so give me your thoughts on the on the Chargers, man. Man, dude, I, I've I've been high on the Chargers for like the last three or four years, man. They have top to bottom one of the best rosters with depth in the league. But the thing that's holding them back is not one player on that roster. It's not Justin Herbert. It's not Austin Eckler. It's not Khalil Mack. It's not Bosa. It's the head coach, man. Brandon Staley is proven that. He makes very boneheaded decisions, make, and there's nothing wrong with being risky and taking risks, but he's proven over and over again that when he takes risks, they don't ever make sense, and he puts his team in very bad situations that Justin Herbert's a top-five quarterback, but there's only so much he can dig you out of. There's only so much your defense can get you out of. The Chargers are a decent head coach away from being in the same conversation as Buffalo and Cincinnati. I think they're right there, but I wouldn't ever bet on the Chargers over the Bengals or the Bills because of because of the head coaches. I'm more confident in both. I'm more confident in McDermott and Zach Taylor than I am at all in Brandon Staley, and I'd, I'd bet on Baltimore to beat them too any day just because their head coach just does not know how to put them in the right position to win. Other than that, though, man, talent up and down the board, all up and down the offense. We already named a few guys on defense along with, like, J.C. Jackson and guys like that. Man, they are loaded. They just need the head coach. If the head coach can figure it out and put them in positions to win, the Chargers are a real threat in the AFC. And we're just, just being completely honest. Yeah, man. Like, that's another team in this. This is why I make this conference. Like, I don't think – like I said at the beginning, I don't think it's going to be competitive uh, in terms of who's going to win. But the games mm -hmm. themselves are going to be competitive. Uh, oh yeah, and and the Chargers are one of those teams, man. I expect them to make the playoffs just because they might not beat the Chiefs, and that might hurt them in the divisional standings. But I completely think they're going to beat everybody else that they play. Like it's going, they're not going to lose many games. I think uh, they play the Chiefs twice, so that'll be two losses. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect them to have more than five this year. Uh, yeah, I would say so because uh, they they have everything you need on to win but uh i agree uh staley is a is a weird coach to me i i didn't i didn't agree with them firing anthony lynn honestly yeah i thought he was a good fit with what they had going on yeah exactly exactly man and they won they went to the playoffs with him so i'm like why would you get him and they didn't really lose that much to get justin herbert he actually failed to them so it wasn't mm -hmm. like they sucked the year before so like I said, I don't know where that went, but hey, that's what they get sometimes, man. Because I don't even think they should be in Los Angeles, to be honest with you. But mm -hmm. uh, but that's what they get, man. It's just been a downhill spiral. But the team itself is good, man. So I don't know what that really means as far as um, you know, the fan base. What what them winning a the championship would mean to them, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
because it's not really their city. It's not really their. They're city. in a weird spot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, so it 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 feels like they got a good team in the wrong place. You feel me? I agree. We both agreed that we we thought that they should have stayed in San Diego to start with, but obviously, that's not what the money said. So yeah, not at all, man. But uh, one um. Like I said, one interesting thing is uh is the defense. I want to talk about the Chargers defense. I think uh a good showing be- between uh Bosa and, and Khalil Mack. Uh and um gosh, their safety is so good. Um um uh, it's, uh, oh what is his wait, dude? I know his uh, name. Gosh, number, he wears number three. He's so good. Oh, his name, I see his face. I cannot put a finger at uh Hold on. Nah, I'm cheating, bro. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care because I feel like I should I know his freaking name and I just cannot. Man, I wanted to say I wanted to say uh Dante Whitner, but that's like old school. He didn't play there. <laughs> Hold on. I'm about to I'm about to see it right now. Derwin, Derwin James. James. There we go. I, don't, I knew it'd be something. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. James. Yep, Derwin James. I think. I think defensively, uh, they they're gonna be really good, man. And once you get in the playoffs, mm-hmm. anything can happen. And this is gonna be a playoff team. Uh, I think I think defensively, for them to take the next step, they got to step their game up, man, because they got a lot of talent. You mentioned J.C. Jackson. You you mentioned uh, Bosa. You mentioned Khalil Mack, but um, Derwin James. I really like him back there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively they need to really, really step up this year. And I think that'll keep them in some games, man. Like I said, they're going to be able to outscore teams, a lot of teams this year. Oh, yeah. They've got weapons on offense. But defensively, I think they really need to um, to just lock down. Like, don't give up uh, that many points this year. And I believe they'll win more. They might win more than than, than 13 and they could really compete. They can compete with the Chiefs, you know what I'm saying? They can. Anything can happen any given Sunday, right? And if they, you know, can beat the Chiefs or split them or even sweep them. Change That's them. a W, dude. Because that, it shows change. that they're not unstoppable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that, that changes the complexion of the, uh, the playoffs. If they can make the Chiefs a wild card team and them winning the division. Because if they play each other that's the run through that yep. games in uh Los Angeles instead of Kansas City in the wintertime, mm-hmm. which is a complete different ball game when you talk about playing football. So mm-hmm. uh, like I said, man, interesting uh between those two teams. I think the Chiefs will beat them, but it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they beat the Chiefs a few times this year. If they played in the playoffs or if they played in the regular season multiple times, which they do. So uh, mm-hmm. I would be surprised. Uh, but we move down the line and we talk about the Raiders, man. The Raiders. Uh, um, I want to hear what you got to say, because you told me a few episodes ago you wanted me to hear your take on the Raiders. So I want to hear what you have to say about that situation. Uh, all right. So <laughs> about the Raiders, man, is they – are in a weird spot, man, to me, because you aren't, you know, you aren't uh, lacking for talent, man. It's a really talented team, like, especially on defense. They got some pass rushers, man. They got some linebackers, man. I didn't like getting rid of Waller. I didn't like that. 
But mm-hmm. I understood it because he he's that good and you needed some draft capital. So I understand that. But the acquisition of Jimmy G is interesting. Interesting. I wouldn't say questionable. I say interesting because uh, he is with uh, Josh McDaniels now. Mm-hmm. So who is with New England? Yeah, they had an instant connection, man, which really turned Jimmy G into a, a top five quarterback in terms of money. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so um, I, I think that'll help him a lot. But like I said, their whole thing is life after Derek Carr, man. Like, what, what is, what is next? Uh, and Jimmy G is a championship quarterback like he's a super bowl mm-hmm. quarterback like let's not forget that he did do that but uh injuries are a concern obviously he, he just an injury prone guy it just happens man you can expect him to get hurt at some point throughout the year until he proves you otherwise but my take on them is that if they can put it together man they can really steal this division, bro. In terms of a wild card, or like I said, I don't know if they have enough to beat the Chiefs, but I do think they got enough to be a playoff team. And they didn't win a lot of games last year, but hey, they got a lot of weapons. I believe Josh Jacobs is still there. Last time I checked, he was still mm-hmm. there. Uh, they got Devontae Adams, and I think he has to be the leader of this team. Like, mm-hmm. he has to really, like, you're making a lot of money, which isn't the isn't the end-all, be-all of leadership. But when you're up there getting that money, man, you got to you gotta command that locker room, man. And I get receivers aren't the best leaders because they're divas, <laughs> but – but there's been some good ones, man, that commanded that locker room, man. I think he's up there and at least in the top five of receivers in this league. So I think he carries some weight in terms of leadership. So their success, I think, this year depends on him, man, just him and uh, the health of Jimmy G. So, like, not a crazy take, like I was saying, but my my take on them that I was really talking about was maybe a franchise perspective of the race mm-hmm. but this yeah. season i do think they could be a playoff team just because i love the connection between jimmy g and josh mcdaniels and they're not lacking for talent man that's the thing this is not a team that is not talented this whole division could be flipped upside down you know what i'm saying like <laughs> Like, if we went on division totals rather than win totals, right, determine the uh, division champion, like, any team could win the division by winning more games in in their division, right? But Mm -hmm. it's not like that. But the Raiders can definitely be a playoff team, man, because they have some pieces, man. They're not not a bad team. So, um, like I said, man, what do you think about the Raiders, man? They have good players on defense. But they've proven, even with decent to good quarterback play, that they can find themselves in a pretty bad situation. I mean, you've got Max Crosby, you've got Chandler Jones, you got some other good pieces. But even when Derek Carr was playing really well, that defense really wasn't giving him a whole lot of support. 
uh, and you brought up the concern with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, but I'm kind of worried about them because if this foot injury is a big deal, your backup and your third-string quarterbacks are not anything to talk about. You got Brian Hoyer as your backup quarterback. I, I, no disrespect to Brian Hoyer. I understand he's worked with Josh McDaniels. He's a pretty but good He's not He's not it. And then your third-string guy, you've got Aiden O'Connell. He's a rookie out of Purdue. Showed some – you know, he showed some oh, good yeah, promise yeah. in college. But, man, like, I, I could just see it being one of those things where the defense might underperform. Garoppolo misses time. And, yeah, you have Hunter Renfro. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Josh Jacobs. You've got a decent offensive line. But if that defense underperforms and Garoppolo misses substantial time with that foot injury, it might not be a pretty year. But if everything goes like how you're saying everything goes, if the defense plays up at least to at least somewhat of their potential and Garoppolo plays most of the year, they might be able to sneak in. But like we said in other episodes, the FC's freaking loaded. You got to just – and we're not going to talk about it now, but just look at the North. The North has four teams that could possibly put it together and try to make the playoffs next year. So if that's the case, Oakland, not Oakland, but Vegas might not have a place in the playoffs. I think the talent's there, but I just think there's a lot of questions and underlying things that could maybe hold them back from playing up to their potential. Understandable, man. Like like I said, man, I I think this could be a, a good team, right? A potential playoff team. But what I am, they're an iffy team. It's a lot of if mm -hmm. with them. If Jimmy G gets healthy, if their defense plays. A lot of questions, yeah. If, a lot of things have to go the right way. Yeah, like like in terms of all the teams in this division, they have the most ifs, but it's more, it's it's way more bang than, than bang for your buck if you're rooting for them than mm -hmm. other teams, you know what I'm saying? Because if they hit right, it's going to be a good year. If they don't, then they'll be finishing last, like our team that we're about to talk about now, the Denver Broncos, mm -hmm. which is the team that I expect this year to take the biggest jump of anybody. If if, mm -hmm. if they do everything right this year, they should be competing. I've definitely got stuff to say about them for sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk talk about Denver. Talk, let, me, let me hear it. So we'll just go. Denver's a perennial really good defensive team. They're a top 10 unit. They've got they're loaded on defense. Uh obviously what held them back last year is that Russell Wilson played the exact opposite of what he got paid to bring there to go. Uh they've still got good weapons. They've got Javante Williams. I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but man, if he puts it back together, he's a top 10 back in this league. You still got Cortland Sutton. You still got Jerry Judy. Uh, I think they've Greg Dulcich from uh, UCLA too. He's really good. Uh I, you've got an offensive genius and Sean Payton is your head coach. If anybody's going to get it out of Russell Wilson, if any coach in the league is going to get it out of Russell Wilson, if it's not Pete Carroll, I would say Sean Payton. Look what Sean Payton did with Drew Brees when Drew Brees was pretty much nearing out. Made him a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, made him a Hall of Fame quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I like Russ's game, but last year is really concerning, man. Like that... That was not the Russell Wilson we've grown to watch. A two-time Super Bowl. He's made it to two Super Bowls, won one, lost one. Uh, 
if Sean, if anybody can get it out of him, it's Sean Payton. But his play last year is definitely concerning for sure. But uh, if Sean Payton can get him to get it together and get any kind of rhythm going, Denver's got a real shot to definitely make the playoffs for sure. Uh, if they put it all together, they've got as good of a chance as the Chargers because they're loaded on defense. I agree. I agree. I agree. I like them a lot. Uh, like I said, you mentioned a lot of my points I was going to talk about, but uh, I would like to shine light on the new ownership, man. Yeah. Um, new ownership, uh, a team of, I think, Condoleezza Rice, uh, Lewis Hamilton, who's a. Uh, mm-hmm. And John O is no longer there either. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of a lot of guys in there that have new ideas for what the Denver Broncos should be. Uh, they have obviously been talking to a lot of the legends there, um, including uh, Shannon Sharp and John Elway, who I believe is still GM or player operations. Mm-hmm. I think so, he, I think um, he might have taken a step away. I'm not sure. I don't know, but I mean, like I said, if you're gonna talk, if you're gonna talk to anybody about the Denver Broncos, you might as well talk about. Denver is the way to go. Yeah. So, but I'm, I've been hearing things like they they conversate with those guys because they, you know, they want to know like what this franchise is and why not the guys that kind of built that franchise to what it was in terms of winning championships. So, mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, new new regime. They uh, obviously bring in Sean Payton. Um, so I, I'm interested to see, man, the direction they go if Russell Wilson struggles again. Yeah, he uh, they got Jared Stidham, I think. Sean Payton's kind of a believer in him, and I think he could be good under the right direction. But uh, I think definitely if Russ struggles, they might be looking to get out of that. Man, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised. Look, if they struggle. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to tank a little bit and try to get a good guy like uh like they try to get up there to get a Caleb Williams man or a Drake May or someone like yeah, that yeah somebody that that uh, Sean Payton can mold into what he wants mm-hmm. because, exactly because believe it or not people really don't pay attention to that Drew Brees Sean Payton relationship but to be honest with you Drew Brees was a blank canvas. Like he was mm-hmm. not the same quarterback that he was in San Diego when he got hurt. So mm-hmm. when he got to New Orleans, he was a blank canvas. So it's like, do with me what you want to do with me because I'm the culture, you know. And that was a hell of a turnaround. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> like I'm I'm this is this is who I am. I'm a new person, mm-hmm. I have a whole new shoulder. So I'm just trying to play the game differently. You know what I'm saying? He did so. I think he could do that same thing with Russ, man, but it's what Russ wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I don't know. I've heard so many things from former Seahawks players, man, that like Russ was just not a team guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's You're really like on the world. Yeah, it's like it's different than what you you kind of portray in the media, right? He mm-hmm. seems like a real team guy, and he's just all about the team. But mm. a lot of them Legion of Boom guys, man, they have some very uh, concerning things they have to say about him. Even guys that played with him last year in Denver, like he's got his own little entourage of people coming and doing all this and that. And then Sean Payton comes in, and he's like, no, like we're going to do things how I want to do it. And we're not bringing all that extra stuff up in here. We're going to do it my way or the highway. 
Yeah, and I think if, if Rush really wants to succeed, man, he's gonna have to really buy into what's going on. I I agree that the uh, the coach that was there before Sean Payton just really wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. No, Hackett wasn't ready. He's an awesome coordinator, but he's not ready to. Yeah, he 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 wasn't ready for that particular spot, man. There's a lot of stuff that I think was coming at him real fast, and he just wasn't ready for all of that. And then the fact that his team was struggling doesn't help either it doesn't make anything mm-hmm. a whole lot easier now you can mask things when you're winning but when it's man when you're losing this way like, they, they see all your dirty business bro oh yeah everything <laughs> <laughs> media is just around with little microscopes man just looking at everything <laughs> yeah they see everything they're gonna let you everything. know everything when you win it like oh, okay Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, agree. Like I said I think those are interesting storylines this year for the AFC West, man. Uh, but I still think the Chiefs are gonna win this division. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think this this division and the AFC North could produce three playoff teams. I yeah, think, I would agree. I where uh, where do you see it falling? Uh okay, so in the three playoff team scenario. I see the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos in a three-playoff scenario because I think Jimmy G and the Raiders, this one of those ifs is not going to go right. Just I just mm-hmm. think they're so. not going to get all. They're not going to check off all the boxes. Yeah, and the one box that they miss is probably going to keep them out the playoffs. But mm-hmm. when I'm judging this as we go right now, uh, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos all have uh, really good quarterbacks, right, that technically don't really have injury issues. So mm-hmm. I would ride – I would bet on those three teams if, if I was going in a three-playoff scenario. Obviously, so if it's a one-playoff scenario mm-hmm. – then I'm going with the Chiefs, and then if it's if they get a, a, a home field advantage team and a wild card team, I go with the Chargers over anybody else being that second team. Mm-hmm. I think they just have enough to 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 make noise in the playoffs and get there. They'll definitely win a lot more games than anybody else. So I think mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs will probably get home field advantage this year, regardless of where they fall. Uh, but I also think the Chargers will be that first wild card team rather than the second one. I think whoever gets in will probably be from this division or the North to get into that that last playoff. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, so that's that's my scenario. I think the Chiefs, the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. That'll be that'll be my my. Uh, my standings at the end of the year. I uh I would agree with you. That's where I have it falling. Mm-hmm. The only way I see it going any different is if all the all the questions we have about Denver get answered. If all that goes if everything gets answered and they perform, if Russ performs where he needs to be, I could definitely see Denver overtaking the charges. But dude, it would have to be absolutely perfect. I think realistically speaking, the Raiders are in the worst spot. The Broncos are a hair less than the Chargers because of questionable quarterback play. Chargers are above because of the talent alone, just depending on the head coach, and obviously the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. I don't see it falling any other way unless we have a big injury or two on one of these teams. I think that's how it's going to fall. I agree with you. 
Understandable. Yeah. Like I said, I think we're in we're in alignment there. Uh, but um, like I said, so like I said, we got through our breakdown. Uh obviously let us know what you think in the comment section. Um, but we're gonna move on to our, our top five segment, man. And uh I want you to lead the way this time because this this is, okay. this is your creation. Hey. This is your creation. I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> so uh it's really cool trying to do these top fives because you want to, when you're doing divisions, you want to make a top five that really suits the teams, the history, and the division as a whole. And, man, this one you could have went almost any kind of way, but we don't like to repeat things over and over. We want to try to be creative and mix things up. So, I mean, dude, today we're going to do a top five of the greatest tight ends in the AFC West history. Man, there are a bunch of really great players, and I feel like there are a clear-cut one and two. But, man, there's so many big names you could put on this list. I'm going to list my names, and he's going to list his. And uh, you guys, man, let us know what you guys think. If y'all would put it in different kind of order, or maybe if we miss somebody or anything like that, man, feel free to let us know. We're definitely open to uh, criticism. So uh, my number five, I've got Kellen Winslow with the Chargers. Kellen Winslow Sr. I think especially back when the Chargers – nobody talks about how good the Chargers were in that – era man they were really really good they just couldn't get over the hump i mean the guys got three first team all pros and five pro bowls consistent put up stats get yards touchdowns i've got him at five not too much else to say besides that now this one i don't know how you're gonna feel about this one it could have i could have easily put him at three man i could have almost put him at two but i've got him at four and that's travis kelsey mm, okay okay dude one of the most pro and by the time he retires, he might be at one. I mean, Travis Kelsey is an animal. I yeah. coming from a Patriots fan, I'm all about Rob Gronkowski. But man, Travis Kelsey, he's gonna play longer. He's gonna overtake Gronk. He's gonna overcome a lot of the guys on this list. Travis Kelsey, great hands, awesome route runner. He blocks really good. Man, he just has a knack to find that ball in his hands. And if you need somebody in the red zone to come down with that ball, dude, Travis Kelsey is your number one all day, every day, especially when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks ever throwing you the ball. I mean, Travis Kelsey's awesome, hands down. That's why That's why my number one is going to surprise you. Uh, I, if you pick somebody other than who I picked, I'd be surprised. But uh, I probably wouldn't argue with you, though. My number three, I've got Shannon Sharp at three. Mm. No, that's interesting. Dude's got eight Pro Bowls, another three first teams, almost 12,000 yards and almost 120 touchdowns, dude. That was John Elway's safety net. They had a really good run game, but, man, dude, Shannon Sharp was built different. He's unreliable, dog. Like, there's no way that John Elway wins those two Super Bowls without Shannon Sharp. A class act. I love his uh his perspective on when he speaks on different things and sports and things related to that. But man, as a player, built different. different. Dominant, strong, great hands, reliable. Hey, it's crazy. He's a he's a little brother, though. He's a little brother. Yeah, he's a little brother. He's his brother little was brother. a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, at some point he gets voted in. But dude, Shannon's just Shannon's a really cool dude. Yeah. Everybody calls him up. What's up, Unk? But uh man, Shannon's Hall of Fame tied in one of the best ever, dude. I've got him at three. Okay. Man, this next guy, dude, his rise to fame is crazy. I've got Antonio Gates at number two. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, former basketball player, dude. His stats are unreal. He's got six first-team All-Pros and 14 Pro Bowls. Dude, the way this guy dominated in an era where he had Phillip Rivers, he had LaDainian Tomlinson on the same team. They had a plethora of receivers. But, man, Antonio Gates was just he, – he was fast. He could catch. He was just dominant, man. Like, he could jump. He could go up and get 50-50 balls, man. That offense was rolling, especially, I think, when they had North Turner and they went, like, 13-3 and three or 14-2. and two. He was one of the main focal points of that offense. And just I don't remember a point where I was ever like, well, Antonio Gates isn't the same. Like, I, I don't feel like he ever fell off as a player. I felt like he was just consistently good through his entire tenure with whatever dysfunction. Man, like, you could – you could definitely have a case for him to be number one. I, I love Antonio Gates. For sure. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people aren't going to be surprised. I've got Tony Gonzalez at one. Okay. There are names out there. I mean, the guys, it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, the guys, his stats are so much better than everybody else's. Tony Gonzalez was a walk-in bucket. All those years he was in Kansas City with – Freaking Trent Green throwing him the ball with Matt Castle throwing him the ball. And something crazy happens. He ends up going to Atlanta, and he's still a freaking walking bucket. With Matt Ryan throwing him the ball and other guys on the offense like uh, Roddy White and Michael Turner and guys like that, man. Tony Gonzalez, like, and I'm pretty sure you can have a case for some of these other guys. But, man, Tony Gonzalez, when you say built different, the dude's the definition of reliable. Very seldomly would you ever see that man drop the ball. Just consistently the greatest tight end I've probably ever watched, hands down. He's my number one. Easy. Okay. Good list. Good list, man. Good list, man. Surprised me with Shannon Sharp being so low. But but like I said, man, um, other than that, man, great list, man. I don't have much pushback at all, for real, man. But uh, my list will probably – it won't mirror yours, but we got a lot of the same guys, man. But the, the level – and as I get into my explanation of why, you'll see why why they uh, are where they are. So uh, number five for me is Travis Kelsey, man. I love what he's doing. I love how he's playing. I love everything about him, man. His energy, his ability to uh, benefit in the run game as well as the pass. Uh, he's almost unguardable. But mm -hmm. there's one difference that uh, has him low on my list. You got – 15 throwing you the ball. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only thing that would maybe not put him any higher because you have a Hall of Famer throwing you the ball. Yeah. So you 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 are able to benefit from a guy throwing you the ball exactly how you like it more times than not. And you don't have mm -hmm. to really break no strides. You don't have to do nothing too crazy. And you can you know, pick up a lot of yards, man. Can attack the defense because you know – your quarterback's going to throw it right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's why he's five on my list, man. Um, number four for me would be Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates for me is number four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I flip-flopped a few times as far as putting him higher, but – the same thing kind of applies to me with, with Kelsey. You got an otherworldly quarterback throwing you the ball. Um, and you 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 just you you're killing everybody, but you're using your skills, right? And I think in terms of skill set, he has a better skill set than Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to uh 
not be as big as Kelsey, but being able to high point the ball using your basketball skills and your route running ability to kind of take over the game. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing that separates them two for me is I think that Gates was more athletic than him, which let him play the game at a different a different speed in a sense. Mm. Like it allowed you and like don't get me wrong, Kelsey is not a slouch at all. Yeah, but Antonio Gates is built different than him. Different. Antonio Gates is just that dude. And yeah, but that's why he's four for me. Uh, I just think he's more athletic than Kelsey, but benefited from an otherworldly quarterback as well. So, um, like I said, but like I said, I just think uh, he's four. Number three for me is uh, Kellen Winslow Sr. Uh, crazy, he produced a son that was uh, talent-wise better than him. But uh, mm-hmm. we, we're not going to get into junior. We're going to talk about senior, though. Senior, man, talk about a guy that made it easy for the other two guys on my list. Uh, he mm-hmm. revolutionized it, man. I think in terms of uh, tight ends, man, there's been – there's an evolution, man. There's uh, John Mackey. I think he was the first dominant tight end to me. Uh, and then there is uh, Ozzy Newsom. I think he was mm-hmm. the next evolution of the tight end. And then you got Kellen Winslow, man. I think he was the genesis of the vertical – tight end to me. Like I said, those other guys, Mackie and um Mackie and Ozzy Newsom uh revolized revolutionized it in a way that tight ends are pass catchers. They turned mm-hmm. it into a pass catching position. But uh as far as the vertical game and stretching the field with your tight end, I think Kellen Winslow was the architect in that Air Coriel offense, man. He was a very very good player, man, and self selfless too, because he plays special teams a lot. So uh, I think he's definitely on my list as being a architect to today's tight ends, man. And uh, yeah, number three, uh, number two for me is Shannon Sharp, man. Uh, I think Shannon Sharp, to me, obviously we know him as Unk, man. But like you said, on the field, he was a monster, man. I think he was probably just as unguardable as somebody else on my list. But I just think the fact that he had an otherworldly quarterback, but it didn't matter because he was already in the secondary when John Elway was about to throw the ball. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Like, he took – He was freaking jacked, bro. Like, he was huge. Man, that's what I'm saying, man. And <laughs> it was just big as hell. And fast as hell, man. And so mm-hmm. you can't put a linebacker on him. He's too fast. You can't outrun him. And you can't put a and you can't put a a safety on him. He's too big. So as far mm-hmm. as mismatches, he changed the game into what it is today. Mm-hmm. Right? He he was part of that that uh architect of what the tight end is today. But He's number two on my list because at the same time, there was another guy revolutionizing the tight end position, and that's Tony Gonzalez, man. He's number one, man. I'm talking about a guy that was a former basketball player like Antonio Gates, man. But, Mm -hmm. guys, Tony Gonzalez, man, the things he did in Kansas City with the quarterbacks he had playing, throwing him the ball. He made it look so easy. I mean, he single-handedly saved games. He single-handedly 
handled the running game. I mean, he was there when Priest Holmes won uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was, he was there when uh, Larry Johnson was there, and he ran for like 1,600 yards. You think that was mm-hmm. all offensive line? I'm pretty sure Tony Gonzalez has some, some help in there too. So, But my whole thing is, like the point you made, uh, people throwing him the ball were not up to the task of everybody else on this list. Mm-hmm. I'll give you Travis Kelsey. He has Mahomes. Gates mm-hmm. has Phillip Rivers. Kevin mm-hmm. Winslow Sr. has Dan Fouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon Sharp has John Elway, right? Dude, so he went through a couple of quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? With Trent Green, probably one of the better ones. The other ones exactly. weren't worth talking about. Exactly, man. So you you look at the list that I've, that I've made here. Everybody else has had a great quarterback to throw them the ball. So my thing is, if Tony Gonzalez had a great quarterback, what would his stats be? Imagine if you take Kelsey out of that offense now and you put him in there with Mahomes. Imagine the stat lines as y'all would be having. The guy was a walking bucket, dude. He he was just finesse. Everything was smooth. There was no struggle. He just made everything look easy. And you're not jumping with him in a jump ball situation. Oh, no. He's getting up there, bro. So, I mean, (laughs) I just think when you think about everybody on this list, man, if they didn't have the quarterback that they had, I think their level of greatness decreases just a scope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Tony Gonzalez was just as great as them without having a good quarterback. So if you use your your third grade math and just add to to what it is, the fans out there, because I suck that math, I don't say that. Well, me and you both. (laughs) But if you use your (laughs) third grade math skills and figure out how much more he would have been better than the rest of the guys on these? You blew them out of the water. I don't think I don't think the tight end record is even touched at this point. I think no, there's he, no way he would. You got to think he's got over fifteen thousand yards with nobody throwing him the ball. Imagine if he's got a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback every year. He's over twenty thousand yards, and he's probably got damn near almost two hundred touchdowns. I mean, the guy just. Yeah, man. He is the pinnacle of what a tight end would be. Right. So that's why I put I put him number one because he would have been better with a better quarterback, and he is the impact player for what tight ends are today. You can't mm-hmm. have a tight end that's not going to go up there and get the ball, man. Usually the tight ends that's picked high in the draft have athleticism just like uh, Tony Gonzalez, man. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to be able to stretch the field like he did, man. He was a weapon. He was big, but he could, he, he was nice. So, number one on my list, man. Thanks, I'm glad that I'm glad our list varied a little bit. I think we both, I think we, for the most part, we agree. And there are some times where we make these lists and I hear yours, but like, yeah, I'd probably adjust mine to make it more like yours. And you might agree with me sometimes as well. But I mean, we always kind of come full circle and everything's kind of the same. Which is a good thing. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. It's good to have a different list, man. Just because you you want to have some uh some different perspectives, man. Mm-hmm. That's why I try to look at different sources. I try to go off of what I know and what I see. Mm-hmm. And we're like the same fan almost. Like we love yeah, pretty much. 
So I have to I have to look at it like I have to look at things differently because I know mm-hmm. we're almost the same fan. So I'm like, yeah, that's all I try to do. So I have to look at it like, all right, well, if he's gonna say this, then I gotta look a little deeper and find out something mm-hmm. else. Let me find out something else to make my point different than his. So it's not like yeah. well, I agree with you. I can't get I can't say anything else, you know. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, man, great list, man. Um, but like I said, um, I our closing argument segment. Um, but I think uh, I think this division, man, is going to be really, really good, man. I think if they could put four teams in the playoff from one division, this would probably be the year. Because yeah, I would think the North, but the East is. I mean, not the East. The West still has a really good excuse to have that too. Yeah, if you if you could if you could put four teams in in the playoff from any division, it will probably be this year, West and North, because they just have teams that are really good, man. Like when you watching this year, man, if you get Sunday uh, NFL ticket, man, try to get you some AFC West game. Try to see what you can see out there, because uh, mm-hmm. it's gonna be some good battles, man. I don't think it's gonna be as easy. But I think the Chiefs just have too much, too much championship experience. I think everybody's trying to get mm-hmm. to where they're trying to go, and um, they're trying to break the code. Yeah, they're trying to do it, man. And and you know, it's it's, it's hard to do, man. Like I said, when you get a generational quarterback, man, you you have to use it, man. And they're using it, man. They they have one, and like I said, everybody else in the division has a good quarterback. That's the thing. It's not like they don't have a good quarterback. Like everybody You has- know the crazy thing though? Mm-hmm. We're all we almost lived in an NFL world where it he wasn't gonna be there. Because initially Sean Payton was gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. And if the Chiefs wouldn't have traded up, they would have ended up getting him. Imagine how much different of a conversation we would be having if Sean Payton would have gotten his way. Man but but here but here's the thing though. Here's my whole thing. Why the hell did Mahomes even slip to 10 in the first place? Because they, I don't think they were, they were on high, as high on him because he was from Tech. Because I'm thinking of some of these other guys. Who was in that draft class? Oh, was that the same draft class as Trubisky in them and Deshaun Watson, if I'm not mistaken, right? And Lamar uh, Jackson? Let me see. I'm pretty sure they all came out the same year. Uh, let me see, man. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. No, nah, no. Nah, let me look it up real quick, man. We we figure it out, man. Uh, so, Mister Relevant that year was Chad Kelly, bus. Uh, he was good at freaking uh, uh, uh Oh, Miss. He definitely was. He beat us. <laughs> he didn't do Jack Diddley squat in the league though. Man, Diddley. Diddley no squat. The thing. All right. So look. So in got? that draft was uh, Mitchell Trubisky. He was mm-hmm. the first quarterback. And, yep. and actually, Deshaun Watson was picked up behind Mahomes. So really, you just got Mitchell Trubisky. So my thing is, if I'm looking back at this draft, then we could do a draft segment. That will be real cool. That would be real cool. We did a draft segment. Mm-hmm. Like uh, draft picks. This is a draft segment. Just an idea I want to mm-hmm. throw out there. Uh, but if I'm looking at all these picks, man, 
everybody could have used Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> everybody. The Bears, though, for sure. They I don't know why him. they were so high on him. They were high on him, and he only had one year of experience. And I don't find his tape like me and you. I'm pretty sure me and you might have to sit down and watch his college tape compared to what we remember with Deshaun Watson or Mahomes. Dude, there's no way. I don't know who the manager, the general manager was, but I would love to have a conversation with him and be like, man, what did you see in this guy that made you take him over Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes to that matter? Like, that's nuts. And no hate on Mitchell Trubisky. I like Mitch. I think he's a cool guy. He got drafted into a really bad situation, but there's no way in hell he should have ever no went way. over those two guys. No way. He's in a um he's in that position that uh Todd Blackledge was in in '83 when uh John Elway was in that draft. You had uh Jim Kelly and uh you had Dan Marino all in that same draft, and Todd Blackledge was picked before Dan was. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, uh, dude, why why are you picking him? But he had the stigma of going being a national championship quarterback. So I think yeah. and and they had some um Dan Marino was a party boy. So they ain't really had <laughs> he was Johnny Manziel before John. Yeah, uh, but I mean what you gonna tell Dan Marino? Well, what you gonna tell and and what's crazy is if he goes to Kansas City. Over Ty Blackledge, he's not going to party because there's nothing to do there. But you let him go. (laughs) But you let him go to Miami though. Miami, he's going to party there all the time. So come on, man. If he's the party guy, you should have took him. They knew what they were getting themselves into, but Miami knew what they had when they had got Dan Marino. They knew they had their guy. You know. I agree. I I agree. I think they knew exactly. And that guy, man, like. I'll obviously put Drew Brees over him, but, dude, Dan Marino needs some love, bro. I really wish people would just sit down and realize the greatness. Like, we talked about this. We, we're a bunch of Dan Marino lovers on this podcast for sure, but, man. Man, I'm telling you, like, like, dude, arm talent-wise, he was probably the best arm talent up there. Quickest release I've ever seen. Exactly. That yeah. dude could put some freaking RPMs on the ball, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I said, so. Uh, like I said, man, that's our closing argument segment, man. So we're gonna close shop on episode twelve, man. Like I said, we could talk football all day, every day. We could do a live stream just talking football. Uh, mm. but like I said, this is episode twelve, man. So anything you want to say before we get up out of here, man? Man, we just want to thank you guys for all the support. Thank you for watching our videos. Thank you for the people that have started following our Twitter page. If y'all have not checked out the Twitter page, you guys should check it out. I think we have a link on the page, uh, on our YouTube channel. If not, we'll get that taken care of for you guys. But just thank you for all the support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you don't miss none of our videos. And we have plenty of other ones that you guys can go check out, as well as we've knocked out the AFC South. We just concluded on the AFC West. Next week, we're going to be talking about the AFC East. Where Aaron Rodgers comes to town, and we've got Tua, and we've got Mac Jones and Josh Allen. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, so you guys should definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. All right, couldn't have said it better myself, bro. Uh, I'm Cam. It's Brandon. See you guys next time.